My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people that are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Émilie Jolie. One of the many features of the political culture in Quebec that makes it distinct from the rest of Canada is the existence of a multitude of broadly-based, democratic, popular organizations. Jolie is a community organizer with FRAPRU, or Le Front d'Action Populaire en Réengagement Urbain, a popular organization focused on housing issues. FRAPRU began more than three and a half decades ago with a focus largely on research related to housing and tenant issues, but soon developed into a network that brings together tenants associations and housing committees from across Quebec. It still does plenty of research, but as one component of the overall work through which the advocacy and political mobilization of its member organizations are supported, coordinated, and augmented. Following the direction of its member organizations as formulated at an annual congress and four general assemblies each year, Frappru's political mobilizations take many forms. Of course, it meets with and lobbies politicians and bureaucrats, but it does much more. This past spring, for instance, they staged a multi-day tent city occupation of various public spaces in Montreal to exert pressure on the provincial government to prioritize investment in social housing. During the recent federal election campaign, they occupied various campaign offices, including those of Justin Trudeau and Tom Mulcair, to get the parties to take up housing issues in a more serious way. And they and their member organizations participated in Quebec's recent social strike, in which more than 1,300 community organizations across Quebec shut their doors on November 2nd and 3rd in protest against the government's austerity agenda. Jolie talks with me about housing and tenant issues in Quebec, about the past and present of Frappru, and about the fights against austerity and for adequate affordable housing for all. We spoke by Skype to phone from Montreal. My name is Emily Jolie. I work as a community organizer at Frappru. Frappru is a network of housing committees and tenants associations all across the province of Quebec. We have a group of about 30 active members, which are tenants associations in Montreal, in Quebec, in Trois-Rivières, in Saguenay, in Sherbrooke, different cities across the province. We work as a network on housing and social housing. Frappru was actually founded in 1978. It came together out of different forces, mostly out of a small grant that was given out to researchers out of the Université de Montréal, where they wanted to find a way to study and actively work with actors on the ground that were doing defense of right to housing. And so different researchers and different community organizations came together and were able to hire someone who's actually still our active coordinator today, François Saillant. And that's how it came together, more out of a research perspective where we were seeing that there was a lack of information on what would be good politics to advance the right to housing. And with time, it became an actual network of community organizations that work with tenants or that do housing work on the ground. 
By the end of the 70s, there were a couple of local tenants associations and groups that were really grassroots organizations that were working on the ground to help tenants out, whether it be with tenants' rights or mobilizing to get you know, social housing on the map and to involve more investments within social housing. And it came naturally that these groups wanted to network and wanted to find a place where they could work together and build up their forces and have people that were dedicated to actually do the job of political analysis that, you know, when we're doing grassroots organizations, we don't necessarily always have the time to do it because we're really involved with direct services with the tenants. And so it made sense to have this Hapru try to really do that part of the job where we can do political analysis and we can feed the local groups with statistics and with numbers and with arguments, whether it be to have the time to analyze the provincial or federal budgets and to take out what we want to ask or demand from the government and to be able to do all that analysis work, which helps a lot when we're doing pressures on the ground. Groups that were working together informally came into the structure and so now we mostly define ourselves as a national network across the province. And we still do a lot of research and a lot of publications and a lot of political analysis, but we've added on another part of our jobs where we do a lot of mobilization to actually get those political perspectives grounded and actually try to involve ourselves with pushing for changes from the government. So we'll do different type of actions, whether it be demonstrations, office occupations of all different kinds, whether it be, you know, our MPs or the ministers that are not reacting adequately. About 10 years ago, there was a big occupation of Rideau Hall to get the federal government to react on social housing financement, on the issues of investments for social housing. At the same time, across the years, we've done different types of actions, whether it be demos where we march through the streets to try to occupy public space and demanding more investment in social housing. But at the same time, sometimes we'll focus on different issues. So if we're focusing, for example, on economic issues or austerity in the later years, We've done bank occupations. At the same time, you know, we'll do work with the MPs. And if we're not satisfied, then we've done either demonstrations or noise demos or occupations of MPs or ministers' offices to try to get a point across. There's been three camps organized in the last 15 years in Quebec, Ottawa, and Montreal, where we've decided to try to install ourselves in either public parks or public land to try to get visibility and to get a lot of work done on sensibilizing the community and the population in general to the housing crisis and to the housing issues and to the lack of social housing. So it's been a history of a lot of mobilization and direct actions within this Hapru. We have two different levels of membership. We have our active members and we have what we call our participant members. Any organization that is interested in social housing and housing rights can become a participant member. We have different unions that are members, women's centers, different community organizations all across issues. But at the core of the network, at the core of FRAPRU, are the active members, which are all either housing committees or tenants associations. So they're grassroots organizations that do direct service and direct mobilizations with tenants. And they work mostly both on tenants' rights, whether it be helping people out when they have issues with their landlords, contesting different issues in front of the housing board, the Régie du Logement in Quebec. And at the same time, there's another side to the grassroots organizations where they do mobilization to ask for social housing and to get the government involved in helping out mostly low-income tenants, which are unable to house themselves adequately on the private market. 
Frappeur, as I was saying, is a network of grassroots organizations. So we do a lot of work directly with the organizations, and the grassroots organizations are very involved within the structure. We meet four times a year with general assemblies where all the members are invited and they send delegations to the general assembly. And once a year, we have an annual congress where all of our members come together for a three-day meeting and we do popular education workshops. We do different types of workshops to try to get a better education on the issues at hand. But at the same time, the congress is a place where once a year we meet up and we get our plan of action established. And so the members directly decide what we're going to do for the year to come. So what campaigns we're going to lead, what are the actions we want to focus on, and what will be the outline of our mobilization and of our work. So we do that once a year, and after that, we'll meet every two or three months. So four times a year, we'll have general assemblies where all the members come together, and we're able to follow up on our plan of action and actually debate concretely the issues we want to get forward, whether it be you know, how the SAPRU wants to politically align itself or how it wants to position itself on a variety of issues, of course, and also what are the actions and what is the mobilization we choose to do. And I think that that structure works really well for us because it really gets the grassroots organizations and their members, whether it be tenants directly affected by the housing precarity. And so they actively participate within the structure and they have a place where they can really get their point across. Basically, the Frappru in itself is just the national office where we are four people working full-time to do all that coordination of the work that the members put forward and to do whether it be mobilizations or research or publications. And we work in different coalitions too, either on poverty or welfare or human rights or civil rights or the right to protest, etc. Tell me more about the political context in Quebec over the last number of years when it comes to issues like housing and poverty and so on. Frapper works mostly on housing, but we do get involved in coalitions, whether it be on fight against poverty, on welfare, against austerity. In the last couple of years, one of the big issues within Quebec, I mean, you need to go back a little bit, I guess, to understand it. So Canada, the federal government, used to finance public housing, and it did so until 1994 when it was actually the conservative government in 93 that adopted the measure to stop building public housing, but it was put forward and actually applied by the government of Jean Chrétien, so the liberals. So in 1994, the federal government decided to stop building public housing, which in Quebec we know as HLMs, for example, and decided to divert the funds to other means and a lot less building of public housing. So at that time, there was a lot of pressure done between 94 and 97 to get Quebec to actually take back that job and to actually build public housing. And so we got the Quebec government to adopt a program that's called Accelogie, which is a program through which you can build either co-ops or nonprofit housing. And so in Quebec, that's been one of the biggest fight on housing and social housing has been to maintain and to bonify the Accelogie program through which you can get funds to either build or buy and renovate different types of buildings to collectivize them, whether through the co-op model or through the nonprofit model. And so in Quebec, we've always been either fighting to get more investments within Axelogie and the building of more units to respond better to the housing crisis and respond better to low-income families that are unable to house themselves on the private market. In the latest year, so last year, the Quebec government decided to start massively disinvesting from the Axelogie program 
In the last years, we've been getting through the budgets about 3,000 units every year. The government was budgeting the construction of 3,000 social housing units. In the last government, the minister Leitao decided to cut that in half, so only allow 1,500 units, and at the same time try to complement that by subsidizing direct rents which is basically trying to get people housed on the private market, but with a subsidy, so with a check that would come from the Société d'Habitation du Québec, managed through the municipal offices. But what we've seen is that Accélogie as a program, it works because not only are we being able to offer housing at a decent price, but we're also offering housing with better quality. We're also building things for the future. And so in Quebec, there's a particular context within that program where a lot of our fights in the last 20 years has been focused on maintaining and on bonifying Axelogie. Tell me more about the research side of Frappru's work. For us, it's important to be able to get our point across, to have good arguments and solid economic bases. So it's always been important to us to do, for example, census analysis. Every five years, we will do a census analysis because what we see is that often we'll go in front of the government or we'll go in front of representatives or MPs and they do manage the facts and their numbers pretty well, but it's important for us to be able to get the numbers also to talk and to defend our positions because we do feel that when we do look at the numbers, in a majority of cases, they will speak on the behalf of low-income tenants because we're seeing crazy statistics where people are spending much, much too much of their income to house themselves. In Quebec, for example, the census of 2011 tells us that about 37% of all tenants are paying more than 30% of their income to house themselves. And that is the measure that the federal government actually establishes where you shouldn't have to pay more than 30% of your income to house yourself because if you're doing that, you are not left with enough income to pay for all of your other basic needs. And so for us, it's important to do those, you know, economic and math and those statistic analysis to actually be able to confront the government on that front. So we do census analysis every five years, and between that, we'll do special issues. For example, we published this year a special issue on census analysis regarding women's issues regarding housing rights. And at the same time, we do different types of publications regarding general political analysis, whether it be on the measures and the programs adopted by the government and the budgets that go with them. Mostly, we try to focus on how the policies that are adopted will impact low-income tenants. And for us, it's always been important to be able to do that job because it also nourishes the mobilization part. You know, you don't do publication, you don't do research just for the hell of it. We see it as a counterpart to deconstruct often the discourse that the media will reproduce from the government, where the government will either tell us that we don't have enough money to subsidize social housing or that the subsidies don't directly work for low-income households because the media and the government will try to sell us on austerity measures, will try to sell us on cuts to social programs and public services, but at the same time, they'll try to sell us on tax cuts. So for us, it's been important to really do a lot of publications on that economical analysis. We're also part, the FRAPRU, we're an active part of a coalition in Quebec, which is the Coalition contre la tarification, la privatisation des services publics, which is a big coalition that regroups community organizations, that regroups unions and different types of community groups and grassroots organizations where we work more on that political and economical front. 
where we've published different brochures and different analysis to try to not only convince the population, but also convince the government that, you know, we have the funds to fund all our public services and we have the funds to adequately fund social services. And at the same time, it is a political choice. It's not just an economical choice that, you know, the government is trying to convince us that we need to adopt these austerity measures. And, you know, austerity is just a new word right now because they've been trying to basically do that for the last 25 years. But when we look at it, we need to look at those numbers and we need to do those analysis and that publication that comes with it to be able to defend our points and also prove to the government that it's their own political choice and it's not an obligation of the economical situation. Tell me in a bit more detail about some of the campaigns and actions that FRAPRU has been involved with in the last couple of years since you've been involved. Our main focus is always to work both at the federal level and at the provincial level. So we'll usually every year we'll have a campaign on federal issues and a campaign on provincial issues. Of course, depending on the political context, we'll be able to put more energy on the federal or on the provincial. This year has been interesting because at the same time as we've had a federal electoral campaign, there was also a lot of changes and a lot of pressure put on the Axelogie program, which builds social housing in Quebec. So it's been a wild year where we've really tried to push on both fronts. But usually, you know, the main issues we'll work on is a better investment at the federal level, a better investment at the provincial level in social housing. And at the same time, throughout maybe the last five years, we've worked a lot also either on poverty issues or austerity measures and the fight against austerity and economical choice by the government. Those are usually the three bigger lines that we'll align with. In the last year or so, we've worked also on the importance of the provincial government to adequately fund community organizations. For example, on November 2nd and 3rd, there was about 1,400 community organizations that were on social strike. So that means that we closed our offices both days on the 2nd and 3rd of November to put pressure on the government to say, you know, that the government needs to adequately fund social organizations because we're at the core of actually trying to fight against poverty and helping low-income folks to get access to better services. And so that's one of the key issues we've been involved more in the last couple of years for the community organization's funding. But it will depend, you know, on the political context of what's happening. In 2012, we mobilized a lot of our members because there was an important student strike on the right to education. And for us, it all comes together on saving our public services and our social services, whether it be the fight for the right to education or in Quebec right now, there's the union front mobilized on maintaining quality within public and social services. So we'll support different fights across the year. But mostly, you know, we're dedicated to try to fight against poverty and putting forward social housing as one of the very important measures that can actually get people out of poverty. So one of our main latest action has been the Camp for the Right to Housing. Throughout the Camp for the Right to Housing, which took place in May of this year, in May 2015, we really wanted to put forward the fact that there was a lot of tenants that didn't have adequate housing and that the main solution would be for the government to invest massively in public housing. And so what we actually decided to do for four days in May is that we occupied different public places. We were hoping to establish our camp in only one place which was the Quartier des Spectacles in Montreal, in downtown Montreal, which is sort of a big park dedicated to outdoor festivities and outdoor shows. 
So we try to occupy that place, to, partly to put pressure on the city, but not directly on the city because, you know, we know that the municipal level doesn't have the fund to actually invest in public housing, but we need to get the cities involved to pressure federal and provincial governments. And so mostly we wanted to establish this camp to get the housing issue on the map and so, you know, to sensibilize the population on the issues. Um, and also to pressure the provincial government and the federal government to the urgency of building new social housing because our idea was to put up our tents publicly so that the government will have to react to tenants saying that they don't have a place to live. So the first day that we tried to establish that camp, we were pushed out by the municipal police. And so what we decided to do was each day to pick a new symbolic park or public place and to try to establish our camp there. So we also occupied for a day the land that belongs to the Agency of Public Health and uh, Social Services. After that, of course, we were pushed back and thrown out by the police. But we also occupied public land that belongs to the National Library in Quebec. And then we finally ended up occupying a part of the Parc Mont-Royal, mostly because we felt that it was important for the housing rights fight to be out and to be in the public space, and also to try to build up pressure on the local governments. So that was one of our important mobilizations that took place in May of this year. We've also organized in the electoral campaign and coming forward to the electoral federal campaign. And during the campaign, we did the occupation of different candidates' offices. You know, we occupied for a couple hours just St. Trudeau's office, Thomas Mulcair's office, Robert Lemon, which was a high-profile conservative candidate in Montreal's office, to put pressure on the parties that were running to have them include social housing and public housing within their platforms. So those are different types of activities. In general, we'll also organize demonstrations Coming up in November, we're organizing a demonstration and a march that will take place in Ottawa, which we're organizing with the Quebec Network on Homelessness to try, you know, to get the next government, the Liberal government that will come into power, to get them to see the importance and the urgency of investing in housing and homelessness. So we're trying to, you know, do diverse types of actions that corresponds to the political context at hand. How does FRAPRU stay connected with other kinds of organizations engaged in other kinds of struggles that might look at least on the surface to be about different things, though often they're very much connected to the kinds of struggles that are of most direct relevance to FRAPRU. So things like the student movement and the labor movement and even other kinds of community organizations that are involved in different sorts of things. How does FRAPRU coordinate with and stay in relation with these other kinds of organizations and other kinds of struggles? Generally, we have different coalition that keeps us in contact, whether it be with other community organizations or the unions or the students' movement, for example, or other coalitions in the community groups. So we try to maintain those networks going all the time because they're not specific to a specific context. But at the same time, you know, in the last couple of years in Quebec, we've really seen the provincial government try to get through a lot of these cuts to public services and to public sector. So for us, it's important to keep this mobilization and to see it as a wider range mobilization than just housing. For example, right now, the public sector unions are negotiating with the government for their own working conditions. But at the same time, you know, it's not only about their own working conditions, but it's also about how the government is managing public services and social services. 
So for us, it is important to participate within those mobilization and to keep the pressure because although we work specifically on housing, we have to see ourselves as one of the actors within that large front with the public sector right now because they are negotiating with the government. But in 2012, we were closer to the student movement, which was very active in the fight for public education. And so for us, it's important to maintain these relationships and also to actively take part in them because we need to get grassroots organizations working in mobilizing not only on the issues that they're specifically attending, but also more broadly in the defense of public services and in defense of all social services. And what will some of the key campaigns be for FRAPRU in, say, the coming year? For the next year or so, the fight is going to be maintained both at the federal level and at the provincial level. We've just gotten a new liberal government elected in Ottawa. I guess we have a lot of hope for it, but we're also very realistic that housing issues will be in competition with so many issues that we need to deal with at the federal level. And, you know, I don't think it's about putting a hierarchy, I'm not sure how to say that, within different issues. But at the same time, you know, at the federal level, we need to maintain the pressure to make sure that all the pretty things that Justin Trudeau promised us in campaign will actually be put forward. And so one of the main issues that we'll be fighting for at the federal level is that in the campaign, the liberals promised to maintain the long-term subsidies to co-ops and nonprofit housing. So across the year, the federal government has been subsidizing directly low-income tenants for co-ops and for nonprofit housing. But the last conservative government decided to slowly terminate those long-term federal subsidies as they were coming to their end and not renovate them. The liberal government has promised to renovate them and to massively invest in helping directly low-income households. And so, of course, we're going to have to maintain the pressure because it's always electoral promises. We can never actually be sure that they're going to do anything about it if we don't keep up the pressure. And, of course, at the provincial government level, as I was saying, this government has really decided to threaten the construction of new co-ops and new nonprofit housing. It is trying to sell the idea that everyone can house themselves on the private market But we've seen that model in other countries. For example, London was one of the cities to adopt it, where they would directly subsidize landlords so that they could house low-income households. But it has created a hike in rents, and at the same time, it has done nothing to help with the actual living conditions. The government promises us that it will keep check on the quality of the private market housing that it offers to subsidies. But When we look at it right now, we know that there are private housing that is being subsidized and that they have really horrible conditions. And so public housing, when we're building units, we can actually make sure that they are quality housing and that's what we're actually offering people. And so those are the main issues for this year on the housing front. And at the same time, we are continuing our work in Quebec against the austerity measures. You have been listening to my interview with Émilie Jolie. She's a community organizer with FRAPRU, a network of tenant associations and housing committees from across Quebec that focuses on research, advocacy, and mobilization around housing, social housing, and tenant issues. To learn more about their work, go to frapru.qc.ca. That's F-R-A-P-R-U dot qc.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to suggest topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. 
I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week.